Hello, and welcome to Real Life Ghost Stories, episode 11. 11, yes. Woo-hoo. That means we have gone past 10. Very exciting that we've gone past 10. Yep. You can count. I can. I'm impressed. Ooh, yeah. We're going to go straight into our film review today, because we've got loads to talk about in this episode, so let's get cracking with our film review. Our film review for this week is The Babadook. Duke. Duke. Can you stop making that noise, please? Because I cannot cope. So The Babadook was a film that was released in 2014. It has 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb, wow. which is not bad. That's good. That's, That's good not for bad us. At all. And it has a massive, massive 98% no, on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> no, seriously. Finally doing a film that is rated highly. I know, it's right. It's, it's wow. amazing. It's that amazing. Is that is good. And actually, I think it's a well-deserved yeah, 98%. Very reflective. Well, I don't know, 98 is quite high. Oh, listen, get a grip. <laughs> so this film was directed by Jennifer Kent and was also written by Jennifer Kent, which is really good because I like female written and directed films. So that makes me happy. And I'm going to do a synopsis of the film before we start, because I realized in our five minute film review last week, we didn't do any synopsis or anything of the sort. So I'm sorry. We're still finding our feet with this whole podcast thing. Six years after the violent death of her husband, Amelia, played by Essie Davis, is at a loss. She struggles to discipline her out-of-control six-year-old Samuel, played by Noah Wiseman, a son she finds impossible to love. Samuel's dreams are plagued by a monster he believes is coming to kill them both. When a disturbing storybook called The Babadook turns up at their house, Samuel is convinced that The Babadook is the creature he's been dreaming about. His hallucinations spiral out of control, He becomes more unpredictable and violent. Amelia, genuinely frightened by her son's behaviour, is forced to medicate him. But when Amelia begins to see glimpses of a sinister presence all around her, it slowly dawns on her that the thing Samuel has been warning her about might actually be real. So what did you think about this film? First of all, it's an Australian film. Yes, it is. Which is unusual, unless you're from Australia. (laughs) No, um, it's unusual, isn't it? To have like a top quality Australian film. I don't know, is it? I think it is. I don't. I, most of the stuff comes out of America these days, doesn't it, or, or the UK? So I feel like if you're in Australia, and we do have Australian listeners, by the way. So if you're in Australia and you're listening to this absolute slandering <laughs> of, of your, your of your ability to make films, that you should you should <laughs> at Dan, you should tweet us and right. and slag him off. No, I'm, okay. So horror films. I'm talking about horror films. <laughs> okay, right. Okay, normally set in America. Yep. It's true. Right. Okay. Good. Yeah, sorry, Australia. I apologise. If you'd like me to take the Pledge of Allegiance or whatever, I'll do that. That's American, isn't it? Yep. Anyway. Again, you're you're literally showing your ignorance of the Australian people. I know. I'm sad for them. Um, But going back to the film, I think it's really good. Oh, it's such a great film. Very, very freaky. Good for a number of reasons. A, it's scary, which is good. That's kind of what you want from a horror movie. But also, it's visually amazing. I think really well shot. And it's the sound is insane. So I've got a real thing about sound and sound freaks me out more than anything visual and the soundscape of this film is unbelievable. It adds so much to it and it makes everything so tense and really just insidious. Like it is, the, the sound is amazing and terrifying and brilliant. And what I like about this film particularly is the fact that it doesn't rely on the standard horror tropes to make it really scary. So it's not really about jump scares. No, it's, it's not, not It's not about gore and violence and horror. It's about navigating difficult relationships. And, and it's about like that, that sort of creeping 
feeling that something isn't right. Yeah. More so than it being like, oh, there's the bad and he's really scary. It? It's unease. Yeah, that's unease. the word. It's that constant unease the whole way through the and film. And the sound plays into it really well for that reason, I think, because there's little bits of sound where you're just like, that's unusual. What's going it's on? It's unusual. There? And the sound is also at times gets really deafening mm. where you get really agitated as a watcher with the sound that is overdubbing everything that's happening. And I think that's it's just it's just phenomenal. I think it's so clever. I have a theory about this film. Okay, what's your theory? And I think that this film is actually a metaphor about grief and mental illness and depression. Samuel references the monster way before the Babadook is actually introduced into the film. So I think he has experienced his mum spiralling into a depression or spiralling into a psychotic episode before. And in his six-year-old brain, he relates that to a monster. I think that the Babadook then is their shared representation of what that means, of what not dealing with grief means and what not dealing with mental illness means to their family. I just think it's genius. I absolutely love it. I think you're probably right with that theory, but that's too simple. So I actually think the Babadook is real. Let's just briefly talk about the boy. (gasps) Samuel. Oh, Noah Wiseman. Oh, my God. Credit for his acting, but actually, you know what? All that subtext, let's take everything out. Let's pretend the mum has a really nice, happy life. I would find it hard to love that child. I wouldn't love that child. So annoying. You're, you're being really diplomatic saying I would find it hard. I would hate him if he was my child. <laughs> like, I would actively hate him. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even like, pretend I loved him. Because he's so annoying. Mm. And he's so frustrating. And he's so embarrassing. Like, if he was my child, I'd be like, oh my God. And which is brilliant because as a viewer, you're like, I can totally empathise with your inability to love this child. And it's genius writing. Yeah. And you know and what? It's real. It's it's like, it's refreshing to see a parent in a film being like, actually, I don't really like you that much. Do you know what I mean? And super good acting by that kid because there's that no point where you just think, like scrunching your eyes up in... Disbelief. Disbelief. He's just, he's totally believable and really annoying. His face, he's got a really good, yeah. scary, horror child face and not in a like children of the corn kind of way. Just his features are a little bit out and it makes him really scary when he's being weird and it's not one of these stories where he's a kid who does freaky things no not at all not Not at all all. so don't don't be duped and think i can't watch because he's a really scary kid he's not he's just really annoying which he needs but he needs to be to tell the story so obviously yeah it needs to be that kind of um that kind of a performance from him so what would you score this film five stars absolutely i would give it five stars i love it this is my second time seeing it and i loved it just as much the second time around I think it's just so poignant and sad and just gripping and scary and it's not gratuitous and it doesn't rely on tired horror tropes. I think it's brilliant. What would you give it? has a strong underlying message about mental health as well, if you yeah, take that I interpretation, enjoy. which is good. Um, I'd give it 4.5 out of 5. What's the point five being taken away from? Just because I'd have to re- be really sold on it to give it a 5. It's no Jurassic Park, is it? Let's be honest. Uh, well, that is fair. I mean, the lack of velociraptors kind of takes away from the film I thought I thought (laughs) so our episode this week I did this as a Twitter poll and an Instagram poll the people have spoken and you wanted the Ouija board Twitter thread story which is a random story that I found during the week now I thought when I found this story that I had the scoop on this situation I was like I am the first person that's going to talk about this besides this man on Twitter so I messaged him I DM'd him on Twitter. I slid into his DMs and I said, I'm a podcaster. 
can I please use your story? And he was like, yeah, loads of other podcasts have contacted me. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. I thought it was just us, but it's not. But anyway, that's beside the point. But just FYI. And I really didn't want to do this story because I don't like the topic of it. And so, but I voted for it because at the time I voted, the other one was winning and I just wanted to level that up to be annoying. And you are annoying. Now look where we are. You're going to shit yourself. (sighs) So before we begin, I think it's important to do a little brief history of the Ouija board because it is something that is in our modern conversation. I think it's something that is that everybody is aware of, but actually it has a very different history to what we know of it now. So it was in the 19, early 1900s, there was a re, there was a birth of kind of spirituality and alternative views of the world that weren't Christian based. And that happened because people were getting more educated about the world, about other ways of viewing the world. And actually, the Western world, specifically America, had been ravaged by civil war at the time. People had no closure and they wanted a way to contact their dead. Mediumship and things like automatic writing had become really popular. Somebody invented the planchette, which is the little wooden piece that slides around a Ouija board. In those days, it was a wooden piece with a pencil through it that would write automatically. So it was kind of a step up from automatic writing. Would it still be used in the same way? And then you both have, you'd all have a hand on it and then it just, wow, that's Used in the same way. And it was on wheels as well. These men, whose names I conveniently can't remember, capitalised on that situation and created the Ouija board. So they created a polished wooden board with the alphabet, with numbers. They created a planchette that had a hole in the middle so it would move around the board and you could see the letters that it was spelling out. At the time, it was marketed as a date night game because in a date night game okay because in those days when you had a date with somebody it was uncouth to touch them so people were walking around with all this sexual tension and what better way to get rid of that than demons contact the dead yeah. yeah what you would do playing the Ouija board is that it was part of the instructions that you had to have your knees touching and your hands touching in a world where any sort of sexual touching was frowned upon that must have been like crazy crazy to be allowed to do so it was originally marketed as a date night game and then it was sold as like a board game like parlor tricks after world war Two, it is the only ever board game to outsell monopoly incredible because monopoly monopolies the sales figures from monopoly the only time monopoly has ever been outsold and it was after world war Two because people again they wanted to contact their dead and it wasn't seen as something really serious so in america it was there was episodes of sitcoms that featured the ouija board like it wasn't seen as something that was negative the mystery and the negativity surrounding the ouija board was only perpetrated by the exorcist which was in 1973 and there was only then that people started to see it as a potential negative impact this was solidified by the fact that the guy who was seen as the father of the ouija board built a ouija board factory and he swore that he did this because the ouija board told him to do it when he was on the roof of the factory one day the pole that he was hold that was leaning against broke and he fell off the roof of the factory he managed to grab onto a window ledge and was holding onto the window ledge and was about to be pulled up when the window inexplicably closed on his hands and he fell plummeted somehow managed to survive with only broken ribs how he i don't know i wasn't there i'm not a doctor he was being transported to hospital and the car or the the ambulance or whatever equivalent was at the time that he was being transported in 
hit a bump in the road. One of his broken ribs shifted and pierced his heart and he died. So people saw that death as being really bizarre. Like, it obviously it is, like, without yeah, any that's supernatural, like, yeah. that's a bizarre death. That's like <laughs> no Final con- Destination No, no stuff. context, that's really weird. So that kind of solidified the idea that the Ouija board was negative. And it, but it was really only after the exorcist that the Ouija board became this negative thing that could summon demons into your life. Which brings me to our story. So this Twitter story presents itself to me. So you're now going to tell me a story about a Ouija board? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. So the story that we're going to talk about today comes from Marcus Hitchcock, who has the Twitter handle at Stop Flexing. He tweeted in October a tweet about his aunt that went kind of semi-viral. And the tweet that he originally tweeted was... I remember listening to my grandma on the phone with my aunt telling her to evacuate New Orleans because Katrina was coming. She said, child, ain't nobody scared no little bit of water. She died. (laughs) And that was meant to be a standalone kind of comedy tweet and it went a little bit viral. So he then decided to tell the story about his aunt. So I'm just going to get right into it. I know there's a lot of people who are skeptical of demons and spirits, but I would strongly advise you to stay far away from Ouija boards. I learned this the hard way as a child. So a few weeks ago, I tweeted this about my aunt who lived in New Orleans. Even though she was family, she was as mean as hell and overall a very toxic person to be around. She would beat me and my cousins a lot as children and she would always curse at us for no reason. My aunt was into some weird shit. She owned an antique shop in New Orleans and she had a living space that was right underneath it she would collect skulls and candles and set them up all around her house. My grandma thought she was heavy into witchcraft and didn't want me going over there. One day my aunt had a pretty bad stroke and had to start using a wheelchair. She had a little elevator installed in her house that would take her from downstairs where she lived upstairs to her shop whenever she needed to go up there. When they heard Katrina was coming, my family tried to get her to come to Georgia, but she wouldn't leave the shop. When the storm came, all the power went out, which meant her elevator stopped working. She got stuck under the shop when the water rose and was drowned in her wheelchair. That's terrifying for her, isn't it? It's just awful. Like, that alone is... Yeah. And that's where the episode ends. All underground as well, like... Oh, it's just awful. Horrible. Now, here's where the story really begins. My uncle went to New Orleans and got all the stuff out of her shop when the waters receded. Most of the stuff she had in there got looted, but he was still able to collect some of her items that she had in the room below. My uncle brought back most of the stuff in suitcases and in bags to go through. I was living with my aunt and uncle at the time in South Georgia, and the house they lived in is on a dirt road, literally in the middle of plum fucking nowhere. Pay attention, because that bit's important. Me and my cousin were going through some of the bags he brought back, and we found my aunt's Ouija board that she used to always yell and curse at us for touching. We never knew what it was, we just assumed it was for kids because it had a bunch of letters on it. My uncle used to leave his home alone a lot because he worked at the fire department further into town. So one day he left to go to work an overnight and my cousin thought it would be a good idea to play with this little board he told us not to touch. So we get to playing with it and on the bottom of the board there's little instructions on how to use it. It told us how to communicate with spirits and summon certain loved ones who have passed on. We started asking where Tupac and and Biggie were. Important questions, I think. Big questions. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm impressed that that they use the Ouija board to ask where Tupac and Biggie. And also that they're loved ones as well. 
Right, because yeah. the instructions say how to summon your loved ones. First, people don't think about Tupac and Biggie. Also, That's... Tupac's not dead, so he was never going to answer. Just FYI. That's true. When it wouldn't let us talk to them, see what I mean? Tupac's not dead. Yeah. I came up with the amazing idea to ask my aunt how to use it. Again, logical. So we asked the board to bring back our aunt to show us how to use the board. Mind you, we've got every single light in the house on. I shit you not, the power went out. Ugh. I'm pretty sure I shit myself, but I was too scared to check. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the idea of him just sitting in his poop without checking. But you know what? Uh, We know we did Dear David and Adam Ellis' tweets were all really polished. Yeah, yeah. This is not like that. When the power goes out and you're in the middle of nowhere, it is pitch black. I was shook because it wasn't even raining and it was so dark. Me and my cousin screamed and for some reason we decide to hide under the bed. We get under the bed and all of a sudden it gets real quiet. I had a cell phone that I used but I left it plugged in in the kitchen. Now this was a pretty big house so I would have had to walk like 100 feet in the dark to get it. My cousin was like, go get the phone. As scared as I was, I figured if I ran, it wouldn't be so bad. So I got up from under the bed and was getting ready to run my 4.24 to the kitchen. Tell me why somebody started knocking on the door. I shit you the fuck not. My cousin said it was the ice maker. I said, how the fuck is it going to be the ice maker when the power is out? The knocking got a little bit louder at this point. Now we both know. It is not the ice maker. He said, go and see who it is. Now at this point, whoever was knocking at the door was knocking like the county police serving a warrant. The banging was super loud. And remember, we are in the middle of fucking nowhere. I don't know where I got the balls from, but I made my way to the door and said, who is it? The banging stopped. I didn't hear anything. I grabbed my little flip phone and turned the flashlight on. My cousin standing behind me with a fucking swimming pool noodle as a weapon. (laughs) (laughs) I was so scared I couldn't call him a dumbass. We just ran back to the room and slid under the bed. So we're back under the bed. The house is still pitch black. I'm trying to call my uncle, but his phone is going straight to voicemail. My cousin is trying to get my attention, but I'm telling him to shut the fuck up because I'm calling and I don't want whoever at the door to know where where we are. But he's pointing to the window. The window is right above the TV where we could look up and see out of it. And there's somebody peeking through the fucking window. A full face is pressed on the glass and I couldn't even make out who or what the fuck it was. At this point, my heart is beating so fast I think I'm about to pass out. My cousin is fucking losing it. It's tears and snot all over the floor, but I got my hand over his mouth telling him to be quiet. Whoever's at the window is literally scratching it and in the creepiest fucking voice I have ever heard said, I can see you. Oh. I grabbed my cousin by the shirt, pulled him from under the damn bed and darted to the next room over. I didn't even look in the direction of the window, but all I heard was screaming and banging on it as I ran out. We get to the next room, close the door, lock it and jump in the closet. My uncle kept an old rifle in there, but I didn't even know how to fucking use it. I notice it's a little bit breezy in this room Mm. because the fucking window is open. I'm so scared I literally cannot even move. I know that I've got to close this window, but I don't want to go near it. I can remember it like it was yesterday, but I don't hear the banging anymore. I thought maybe whoever it was has left, but my cousin said, what if they're coming around to this side? I run over to the window with this rifle I don't even know how to use, and I figured I would close the window as fast as I could and run back to the closet. I get to the window. Now this is the triggering part. 
I'm trying to close the window, but it's an old house, so it takes a good amount of strength to close it. My uncle has this big plantation field right in front of the house. I look out the window, and I swear to God I saw somebody standing out on the edge of the field. My cousin is still in the closet, and he's finally able to find a flashlight, and he throws it to me. I shine the light in the field, and before I get the chance to really see who the fuck it is, they start running towards the house. The window is still not closing. I pick up the fucking shotgun, and I just start pulling the trigger. But it's not firing. This person is like 10 feet away from the window and they will not stop. My dumbass throws the rifle out the window at whoever it is, runs out of the room, closes the door and runs to the living room. Me and my cousin are both in the living room. I have literally accepted the fact that we are both about to die because I left the window open and I just know whoever or whatever the fuck that was is about to find us. I tell him I love him. I hug him. And then in the middle of the hug, I see lights outside. Headlights somebody's outside i'm looking out the window from behind the couch and i can see a big ass truck outside this is the old white man who lives on the other side of my uncle's property it's him and his fucking wife and they wanted to see if our power was out too me and my cousin just run outside the door and towards his truck we tell him everything in like seven seconds he told us to stay in the truck with his wife and pulls out this yeehaw clint eastwood looking pistol i have never been more excited to see a white man in my life (laughs) I noticed that the window in the room we were just in was now closed. I told his wife that somebody was definitely in the house and she is literally screaming at him to get out of the house, but he is not answering. She calls 911 and makes them send every available officer the town had. The man finally comes out of the house and runs back to the truck. We drove back to his house and waited for the police to to show up. I finally got through to my uncle and he wasn't answering because they were on a fire call. He came right back to the house as the police showed up. The police searched the entire house and didn't find anything. No signs of forced entry, no scratches on the windows, no dents on the doors. The only thing they found was a lot of water all over the floors and in the halls. They asked us if we'd been playing in the water and we said no. We told the police the whole story, but these people treated us like we were just little kids seeing things. I know what the fuck I saw. And they wrote it off as just us being up too late. My uncle took us to stay at the fire station that night. You couldn't have paid me to stay in that house. The next morning, my uncle and a few of the other firemen went back out to the house. They went in the house, got the Ouija board, took it out front and burned it. My uncle and his wife got a preacher to bless the house. To this day, that whole series of events was the most traumatic shit I ever went through. I'll be 26 next week and I still remember everything that happened that night when I was just 13. I don't want to believe that it was really my aunt. At the end of the day, I know she was mean but I don't think she would want to hurt us. I still think that some kind of demon or evil spirit came from the Ouija board, but I still can't explain why the police found water all over the floors. Maybe it was her. How scared would you have been if they'd been under the bed in the dark and then they heard that? Oh my God, of the wheelchair. Yeah, oh, that would have made it scary. Oh, I would die. I would just die there and then. It'd be easier. Yeah, I'm not really down with that story. Why are you not down with that story? It's a bit for like it's a bit scary because there's no, like because my mind has already jumped to like loads of conclusions already. Like what? Well, because you know this aunt, obviously she's from New Orleans. Yeah, the home of voodoo. All the voodoo, and like you don't actually know what shit she was into. So like she might have been like the member of their family, but you don't know like how far down that path she'd gone. And actually, maybe she wasn't good news. Maybe she wasn't a good person. But it obviously wasn't her aunt in her most recent human form because she was running. <laughs> That's harsh. Well, just saying. But yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, oh, I just don't, I don't like Ouija, I don't like Ouija boards. Do you believe that? 
Ouija boards have the power to contact the dead or to open a portal to allow spirits in. Yeah, yeah, I do. I just um, see. I don't. I just, I just. If you were to produce one now, I would shit myself. Would you? Yeah. Would you not do it? No, not in a million what years. What if somebody offered you like a hundred pounds? Because nope. we're poor people. No. Nope. So. Oh, I'd, I'd probably do it for a tenner. To be fair. I just, I just don't think, I just don't think you should mess with it. Like I think it's too. Uh, maybe it's just cultural, whatever. But I think, like in my mind, there's a difference between being haunted and actively seeking something else. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Well, there is. There's a massive difference. If you're being haunted, it's passive, isn't it? Yeah. You actually haven't contributed to that but if you're messing about with a ouija board then you know what if you get haunted that's your own fault yeah and i feel like i, I feel uh, that's unfair obviously i don't mean that about this guy because no yeah they were kids yeah, yeah absolutely obviously and actually they set out with a really good cause because they're just trying to find tupac and biggie and we have to give them credit for that oh absolutely and you know that's just, that's, <laughs> that's that's an important that is really goal. important but yeah i just i just feel like you're opening yourself up to stuff like regardless of what it is like if you're active so nobody sits down at a ouija board like you either sit down as a skeptic and say this is ridiculous or you sit down as someone that wants it to happen and if you're actively regardless of whether you're trying to find your loved ones or whether you're looking for it to open up portals to bad stuff however you're doing it you will you're willing actively seeking willing to find something and there's not necessarily anything wrong with that that what's that that big that that um self-help book uh the the secret or whatever that's secret, a bit, yeah. okay similar kind of thing so that's all about willpower and being able to will stuff into belief and whether yeah. you believe that or not like there is a certain pma so positively working towards something has an impact doesn't it well it's interesting that you should say that because when i was researching this episode there are psychological studies that suggest that the ouija board is real in terms of like you were saying if people go and they absolutely believe or will this to happen that subconsciously they make it happen so you you aren't pushing around that planchette to make things happen but because you have a prior expectation you subconsciously do it which i think is far more plausible than a demon doing it do you believe this guy's story i think i do i think i do i don't think it was his aunt though who do you think it was do you think it was like a demon do you think it was a ghost do you i think, think it was, was a really elaborate coincidence and there was actually a serial killer in the plantation <laughs> out to kill them and it just so happened that they did a ouija board at the same time no, um, I don't know. I feel that because that's another factor as well, though, isn't it? Because there's lots of factors at play here. Like I know they were in Georgia, 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 Georgia. Um, but they there's the the connection to New Orleans, the aunt that was into this sort of stuff. You don't, we don't know exactly what, but yeah. the, the grandma thinks that she was pretty deep in, yeah. And then you've got the plantation, and there's a lot of pain and like regardless suffering, of, yeah. and suffering going on there. So you don't really know what, how close to the surface that kind of stuff is. I have to say, when I spoke to this guy on Twitter, he told me that it was 100% true, that he didn't expect it to go viral. He didn't expect to, for it to be picked up by news agencies and people like me. And I believe him. I, I, yeah, I, do I don't, as well. I don't not... for a second think that it didn't happen. I just don't believe that it was paranormal. Yeah. But I think it's a great story. It's a really but good story. The thing that gets me about this story is the fact that it's really funny. Yeah. Like, it's hilarious. The idea, because he behaves in a way that we all would. That absolute fear throwing a gun because yeah. you, you can't get it to work. And being like, that's it, we're going to die. That's we are going to die. Leaving it for the intruder. Leave, yeah, leaving it for the intruder, just throwing the gun, leaving it for the person who is then going to use it to hurt you. But it's it's that makes it all the more believable. Yeah, I, I just I think I don't think I don't I think this guy's genuine, regardless of whether the story yeah. is true. I think he felt that this happened to him, and I don't think it was anything other than to tell a story because I, it doesn't read like Dear David does. Like Dear David is terrifying. Yes, but Dear David is so polished. Yes, and perfect. And this guy is clearly not, is it? Like the whole thing about the swimming noodle. <laughs> Oh, that's great. And how great. Glad he like, was to see a white guy. <laughs> Have you seen that? 
I've ever hit anybody with a swimming noodle. Probably, yeah. It's like the least impactful yeah. weapon in the world. Like it's terrible. That's I can see why I was thinking along the lines of he was. I just I don't know. I don't know about this guy. Like I just think there's a lot of factors that could play into it if you're if you lean towards the paranormal. There's a lot of factors that could play into it. Yeah. And it was clearly like for two young kids, it was clearly telef- terrifying. Being home alone in the middle of nowhere in the dark is is scary enough as it is without all this extra shit going on. Yeah, without all this Ouija board, somebody banging at the window. Yeah. But then how was the house full of water? Yeah, exactly. That's creepy as well. Isn't you it? explain that to me. It's the water demon. I did not know there was such a thing. Thank you for enlightening me. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I love this story, and I just want to say thank you to him. Yeah. Thank you very much for allowing us to share this story because it was really fun to find and really fun to read and it did make me laugh as well as make me frightened and think about what I would do if I was in his situation and I think the naturalistic elements of this story the throwing the gun the the pool noodle the snot the tears the fear makes it a really engaging story yeah absolutely and I just I loved it I I can, you can visualise it as well like there wasn't that much detail but you could visualise it like if yeah. you've watched movies and stuff you could see that plantation you could see the house the kind of house they're talking about you could imagine the lights rolling down the driveway for the when the jeep comes to save them if you are listening and you believe in the Ouija board or you've got a story about the Ouija board I mean I, I've never played it you've never played I it I will never play it I'm just going to say that right now but it's you know it's something that is a very common thing nowadays so if you've played it or if you have any stories about it do make sure that contact to contact us and let us know because I'm um, not via Ouija board though maybe just like oh yeah I mean that would be an ineffective mode of, yeah. of contacting us to be fair because Dan won't, won't ever be online you know you'll you'll always be I mean that's that, that also reads true for all of our social media because I am never online true yeah so come and come and let us know and I just wanted to give a shout out to our two new reviewers nice yes so we got two new reviews this week we had one from KY underscore Nicole who said we were superb thanks I know we're savage and said that she binged all 10 episodes today while at work and that we did an amazing job I'm a big advocate of binging things. Yes, I like the legend of binge life. That is... Yeah, it's amazing. That's what we do. We binge everything. Well done, Nicole. Well I guess done. It, was it Nicole? It was Nicole. KY. Uh, yeah, KY Nicole. KY. And she said that she had, that they were great stories and made even better due to great hosts. Oh, is she KY because she's from Kentucky? I don't know. Are you KY because you're from Kentucky? Please let us know. And we also had another review, which is very important to me. And you will see why in a second. Okay. And this review came from N8363729923. That was difficult. So many numbers. And this person said that they loved spooky stories, legends, folklore, and called our show delightful, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And said that it was refreshing, it was easygoing, and that it was like listening to your friends exchanging stories. But the most important part of this review... Yeah, what's that? Is the following sentence. Okay. Shout out to their lovely cat, Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> because of her, I started listening. And that speaks to my soul. She famous. So Dame Judy Dench is my cat. She's also known as Bimble. Or okay, Bims. Bims yeah. yeah. And she is the most important creature in my life. I'm sorry, Dan. It's sure, just the right. fact. And I've already I'm resigned to this, I know. And she's absolutely stunning and has the perfect nose gradient, apparently, according to Twitter. That's not me saying that. I'm not being a pushy mum. There's evidence for that, yeah. That's just the way she is. There is evidence out there. So if you want to see my gorgeous cat, 
then go on over to our Instagram, which is real. Go, re, 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 I don't know what it is. It's real life ghost stories uh, because I post pictures of her on there all the time. And there's a there's actually a highlight stories of her just dedicated to her. If you want to see our gorgeous little cat on Twitter, because she is on Twitter all the time. It's at Real Ghost Pod. Boom. It's at Real Not without the boom. Yeah, without the boom. He was just excited. At Real Ghost Pod. There you go. Better. It's at Real Ghost Pod on Twitter. And if you want to talk to us on Facebook, we have a closed group called Real Life Ghost Stories. And in that closed group, I've been posting stuff about the history of the Ouija board. I've been posting questions to you guys. So make sure you come and listen to us. And make sure you leave us reviews. Because that makes us us happy. Just answer our questions. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Just before we go, mm-hmm. if you had a Ouija board, who would you contact? Ooh, if I had a Ouija board and it worked, who would I contact? Um, William Shakespeare. Why would you do that? I would contact William Shakespeare because I would say to him, Oi, Bill, did you actually write all those plays? And he'd say, Yes, I did. Honest. Now fuck off. And then he'd do like then a, wink. Do a wink emoji. We should have emojis on our Ouija board. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. That's next level Ouija We could board. have little, little um, aubergine emojis and it'd be like oh it's a sexy ghost I like it who would you contact and why uh, the Black Dahlia victim to find out who killed <gasps> oh, her oh to find out who did it yeah. oh that's good oh that's clever we're not a true crime podcast but the Black Dahlia story is great so go and find a podcast that actually is going to talk I'm about I'm pretty sure Bohio have done it I'd imagine they have yeah sounds like the type of thing they would do so until next week they didn't do the murder they did a podcast about it Oh, yeah, they didn't actually do Yeah, we're not accusing them of anything. Don't worry. Until next week. We love you. Bye. Bye.